Hello mamas, Laura here and today I am sharing the live recording of the C-section Q&A that I did with you all this week. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for you, it's pregnancy with physio. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, I'm sharing the live recording of the C-section Q&A that I did with you all recently. Now, in this Q&A, we spoke about compression after birth, returning to sport after birth, how much walking is okay in the first few weeks after surgery, how many C-sections can you have Are pelvic floor exercises still important? And so much more. Now, any questions asked that I felt had already been covered quite well, I did refer everyone back to that particular episode in this C-section birth podcast series. So make sure you also go and check out the first five episodes that we've already released in this series. In these episodes, I have covered mental and emotional processing, physical preparation and recovery, my first two C-section birth stories and a wonderful Q&A answering your most popular questions. Now, at this stage, we are releasing a new podcast series every month. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss out on our amazing upcoming series that we have planned. And don't forget that this entire podcast series and all past podcast series are live inside my online membership program, The Pregnancy Posse. We also have weekly pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library, and a wonderful community forum, which I just think you're going to love. Now, I'd love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. And remember, you can trial the program for seven days. Now, let's get into this bonus episode of this C-section birth series, sharing my live recording of my C-section Q&A. As you know, my C-section birth podcast series is out at the moment and I'll just do a quick recap if anyone hasn't actually listened to the series, particularly because I released a Q&A episode today, which I think might have answered some of your questions. So um, if I don't get around to answering your question tonight, chances are it's because I've answered it in the episode I released this morning. But episode one was about mental preparation and processing for a c-section episode two was about physical preparation and recovery episode three was my first c-section birth story episode four was my second c-section birth story and episode five was the q a and then i wanted to jump on tonight to answer for those women who have listened to all of that and still have questions professional, personal, I'm a pretty open book, so I'm pretty happy to answer most things, but um, to delve into it a little bit more, and as I've already been getting feedback from women, um, it's very much a topic that's still not talked about very much, and it's a topic that is still a little bit taboo, and people don't know how to react, whether um, it's assumed that a C-section is a good thing or a bad thing, and as you would have heard me speak about in the podcast, Any birth can be on that spectrum of good, bad, respectful, disrespectful, empowering, disempowering. It doesn't matter the mode of delivery. It's about all the other factors as part of it. But I think particularly C-sections, they just still carry a little bit of shame and stigma for a lot of women. So I just wanted to jump on because I feel like I've had a fairly positive experience with my cesarean sections and I wanted to be able to help women 
feel more okay with that experience or to understand how they could mold that into a better experience for themselves if they were to have a cesarean section. Because I think another thing I notice amongst women is that they just, what's that saying? Um, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like if you can't have a natural physiological vaginal delivery, well, then you just give up and you don't ask for anything. Whereas you can ask for so many things to make that delivery for a cesarean section birth still really beautiful. So I'm going to be answering a couple of questions um, that have already been sent through, but I'm really conscious that I kind of want to talk to the ladies tonight who are live on this call. And I really want to answer your questions to honor you and thank you for turning up. Like I said, I've already done the C-section Q&A episode that dropped this morning. So that's on the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. You can go and check that out. But I want to answer some live engagement tonight. So let me just go to my list that people did send in. And I just want to direct a lot of these. I want to direct you to which podcast to listen to. But let's go through some quick postnatal questions that I got given. So best exercises to heal from a C-section. Now, with any sort of exercise, I don't think, I'm sorry, with any sort of birth, there's no best exercise as such. But generally speaking, walking is a really great place to start when it comes to recovering from a cesarean section. And then we're looking at functional body weight exercises, progressing into those doing pelvic floor as well, and then eventually returning to weights or resistance training and core training specifically as well. So because your abdominal muscles have been cut through, they're not often the first muscle that you want to start working really vigorously straight away. They're the ones you want to give enough time to heal. So before you start core, you're thinking about just holding yourself in good posture and um, you know doing squats and some upper body exercises. And to be honest, all of this is just functional being a mother training anyway, the things that you're going to be doing day to day. So it's really important to um, to not put emphasis on one exercise being the best exercise, but to just follow what your body is telling you. Give yourself an adequate amount of time to heal, which is roughly that six week mark. But again, I'm going to, I debunked that in episode two, where I talk about physical recovery. Um, when you reach the magical six week mark, that doesn't mean that your body is healed and you can do whatever the hell you want. So <laughs> I wouldn't think that's a wise choice. So I always recommend that you go and see a physio. I'm working on a postpartum program. Um, which will help to give people more guidance because I do know this is a real pain point for a lot of women. So the next one I had around the postpartum was how much light walking can you do after six weeks? And again, this is very individual to the person, but walking is a really great first exercise. So as you would have heard in episode two of the podcast series, I spoke about how immediately after my C-section, the most walking I did in that first week was up the corridor of the ho of the hospital and then back again. So that's as far as I went and that was absolutely perfect. And then I remember maybe 10 days postnatal, I felt really good. And this is a trap that a lot of women who've had a C-section get caught into is that a couple of weeks later, you might feel fantastic. And that's when you're going to push yourself. And that's when you should not be pushing yourself. So I want you to keep that in mind. You are going to have to be the one that pulls the reins back. Even if you feel good, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good time to go and do a 45 minute walk because your body is still recovering from major surgery. That's why you really need to honor that first six weeks and really take it easy. So I would only ever recommend you increase your walking distance by five, max 10 minutes at a time. 
And so that may look by the six week mark, like you're doing a half an hour walk and that's completely fine. Or for those women who are feeling really good and not getting any negative consequences, reactions, pain, discomfort, anything like that, then you might find you could do an hour. I can't imagine at six weeks that I would expect a client to be doing much more than an hour walk. That would be that would be absolute max. Fresh air, vitamin D, moving your body. It doesn't need to be hectic, intense, vigorous. Um, I had another question that was how long can I re- how long until I can return to netball and running after a cesarean section? Again, <laughs> tricky to give a you know black and white answer, but I know that's what you want. Um, I would always recommend you see your physio, make sure your progress is going well. But netball and running, minimum absolute minimum three months you need to respect your body and let your body recover and heal before that and three months is very early for a lot of women to even consider this um i had a friend who (laughs) i don't know if she's on here tonight but she started playing hockey at 10 weeks post cesarean she almost gave me a bloody heart attack because that is just and touch wood she was fine and i'm not saying your body will fall apart and break but You need to respect and really give it that healing time. Think about the long-term game here, not the short-term game. What's an extra month? What's an extra couple of weeks just to give your body that adequate time? So my my minimum is three months for any of those sorts of activities. And then I had a personal question. When did I personally return to exercise? I'm not going to answer that tonight, only because I do go into detail with this in episode two of the C-section birth series where I talk about my physical recovery. So I go into detail about what I did in the first week, what I did in the first six weeks and where I was at eight months postnatal. And that's just my personal experience. So I say that in the podcast episode, but you know, what I like is not going to be what you like. So just because I got back to HIIT training at eight months, that doesn't mean you need to get back to HIIT training at eight months. You may not be able to at eight months, but you also might really hate HIIT training. (laughs) To be honest, the thought of going to do HIIT training right now just sounds awful to me. I'd rather dance or do yoga or something, but that's what I liked at the time. So just keep that in mind. What I do is not what you need to do, but I think it just helps give women a picture of what that long-term recovery might look like. And in episode two of this podcast series as well, I share some pregnancy posse member stories. And I think that's really good to hear as well and get a bit of an idea of what other women's experience post-C-section might look like as well. But again, always touch base with the women's health physio. They're fabulous. They're so, so helpful at helping to tailor your recovery to make sure that you do have a really safe return to exercise. Okay. Now some of these, again, I'm just, I've got a couple more I want to run through and then I'm going to straight to the live questions to really thank and honor everyone who's on the call tonight. But when, oh, do I recommend compression shorts? When to wear compression shorts and for how long? Hell yes, I recommend compression shorts. Fabulous for both vaginal delivery and cesarean section delivery, but particularly good for C-sections because you really are wanting that abdominal and lumbar support. You're feeling quite vulnerable often in the tummy after a major ab surgery. You don't have the strength there. You're feeling quite yeah, vulnerable, I think is the best word. I felt very vulnerable in the first week or so until my strength started to build up. So I having compression, I wore tubi group personally, but having compression around the middle is really helpful. Now, keep in mind, and I recommend you wear it for at least the first six to eight weeks. So put it on as soon as you can after birth. So I think I started wearing mine maybe day two or three. Um, and then I wore it till the six to eight week mark. That's my recommendation. Now, keep in mind though, Compression shorts, so let me, off the top of my head, you've got SRC shorts, Solidea shorts, 
2XU, Active Truth, Lenny Rose Active, Caden Shea. There's lots of different brands out there. Pick what feels good for you. I think, honestly, everything's much of a muchness. It's just about fit and style and comfort and those sorts of things. But the actual compression, I truly do think it's much of a muchness. Some women will just wear body shape wear from Target or Kmart. So it doesn't have to cost you an arm and leg as well. So I think that's really important to know. But keep in mind, when you've had a cesarean section birth, you're not able to squeeze into a teeny tiny little pair of compression shorts very easily initially. It takes a lot of effort. Think about putting spanks on and it's like, uh, uh, you know, you're really huffing and puffing and trying to get into spanks is hard, let alone after major abdominal surgery. So that's why I recommend the Tubi Grip, which is just an abdominal bandage. If you're a Pregnancy Posse member, we have links to Tubi Grip all throughout the membership. So go find them in there. Um, but abdominal compression, simple like a tubi group is quite easy to get on, I find, say day two or three post-cesarean section. Whereas those shorts, they're maybe more like one week, maybe two weeks, depending on how you're feeling, because it requires a bit of effort. So just keep that in mind. Sure, you can pack them in your hospital bag. You could try, but don't be alarmed if you find you can't get into them. It's not going to be a waste of your money. It's just not a right now compression garment. It's a, in a couple of days or in another week, you might find that you're comfortable enough to then fit into them. So I hope that helps for anyone who was a bit nervous about, oh, how am I going to get into these? <laughs> Someone asked as well about recovery with the toddler, specifically like picking them up, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to answer that because I did answer that on this morning's episode. So go and check out the episode five on the Q, uh, C section Q and A podcast. I dropped that this morning, Pregnancy with Physio Laura, any of your favorite podcast players, but I spoke specifically about the ergonomics, um, about how I managed having a toddler and recovery. And I think it is a very important point, but go check that out. Um, I answer most of that in there. Another common question that was coming through was how many C-sections can you have? Now I did touch on this in the Q and A podcast episode this morning, but Remember, I'm not an obstetrician. I'm not performing cesarean sections. So I am not an expert in this field. I am a physiotherapist who works with women after cesarean sections. And I'm a mother who has had two cesarean sections herself. So I can speak professionally from the postnatal care point of view and personally from my own personal experience. But as I mentioned in the podcast this morning, I have seen a variety of opinions on this, and I think you really need to speak to your birth team and your obstetrician and your doctor about what their recommendation is for how many C-sections that they think you can have. Talk to them about how big you're planning on having your family size and how important you know, a certain number of children might be for you and your partner. Um, talk to them about the risk factors. Talk to them about different birth options and talk to them about what what is their reasoning behind the number that they're giving you, I guess. So I have had two cesarean sections, 20 month age gaps between my children, and it was never a problem. So I was never told, oh, this is risky or, oh no, what have you done? That's too close together or anything like that. And on my second cesarean section, um, the scar looked great. The scar tissue had healed great and there was no complications of my cesarean section. So as far as I'm aware, because no one said otherwise, I could continue having more. There was never a number put on it. And my obstetrician was very aware that I would, I was wanting three or four children. Um, mind you, this third pregnancy has been much more testing than, <laughs> I don't know if a fourth child will be entering the family unit in my current headspace. <laughs> 
if anyone's got four children, please pop your hand up now and give me some words of encouragement. (laughs) I digress. So it was never an issue for me um, and I was never told otherwise. So again, that's a conversation to have with your, your team and ask them all those questions and tell them what your family plan is and, you know, have a really nice, respectful discussion around that. Uh, I know a woman who's had five C-sections and it was totally fine. And there was not even talk that if she wanted a six, that would be out of the question. So it's obviously not impossible, but I think it's very unique to each individual. So um, I think it's a conversation to have with your doctor. And then the last one I wanted to answer from all the pre-sent in questions was, are pelvic floor exercises still important? And I'm going to give another big hell yes to this one. Pelvic floor exercises are important regardless of mode of delivery. I mentioned this in the podcast this morning as well, but your chances of prolapse, yes, are lower if you haven't had a vaginal delivery, but your chances of incontinence are much the same because you've still been pregnant. So remember that pregnancy itself is a risk factor for some pelvic floor dysfunction. So just keep that in mind because it doesn't mean that you get out scot-free. So I personally never delivered vaginally yet, and I still get a tiny bit of stress incontinence during my pregnancies. Uh, so it shows that it doesn't matter that you haven't delivered vaginally, it still has an effect on your pelvic floor. So please, yes, 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 do your pelvic floor exercises. Now, I'm gonna go straight to live questions, because like I said, I really wanna honor everyone that is here tonight. Um, Oh, Amanda on Facebook has just told me that she's pregnant with number four. So I hope that's all going well for you, Amanda. You hopefully haven't lost your tiny mind just yet. (laughs) I just before I jumped on this live was literally holding one child's hand, shushing them with white noise, praying that the other one stayed in bed. It's just chaos where I am. Um, awesome. And Kat Marie over on Instagram has just said that she can vouch for what I just mentioned about the pelvic floor um, and that she's had some issues with her bladder since the C-section. So yeah, that's really important to know. You may still need to see a pelvic floor physio for pelvic floor recovery, not just abdominal recovery. It doesn't mean that I think there's a myth as well amongst some women that if you have a cesarean section uh, or sorry, that you should have a cesarean section to avoid pelvic floor issues. And that's not necessarily the case either. So it's just something to keep in mind. Okay, so we're going to go to the questions now. Where are we? Um, Okay, so Libby over on Facebook has asked, how soon after a C-section can you drive? Now, I remember finding this to be a real minefield when I had my first baby. Now, I'm only gonna talk from my personal experience, but I was very confused. I was told it was six weeks until you could drive, but then I was told from the insurance company that as long as your doctor said it was fine and you feel comfortable, then you can drive earlier. So then I called my doctor and my doctor said, as long as you feel comfortable and pain-free, then that's fine. And anyway, it became this thing where um, I wasn't really sure. And to be perfectly honest, I started driving at four weeks for my mental health more than anything I needed to just occasionally duck down to the shops or be able to do something. I wasn't always within walking distance. I'm not saying everyone should go drive at four weeks, but um, maybe chat to your insurance company, chat to your OB. You might need a letter or something, but um, the main thing is you want to feel safe. So the main thing is you want to make sure that when you're driving, 
you feel comfortable to turn that steering wheel quickly if need be, to slam the brakes on if need be, to be really safe if you were to be in a compromising position. And I think you'll know your body best and you'll know whether you feel vulnerable still or whether you feel up for that task. So um, keep that in mind. Kate has also asked, how soon after a C-section do you have to wait before falling pregnant again? And this is a question I did answer in this morning's podcast, but the general consensus seems to be 12 months. Um, I think it would also be individual and unique depending on your circumstances. So best to talk to your OB about that. Maybe ask them as soon as you've had your cesarean section, you know, even though you may not be thinking about having another child right there, but ask them like how long until I can have another. I fell pregnant at about the 10 month mark and that was never an issue for anyone. So I can just vouch for that personally. Um, what else have we got? Um, Kay has asked, is physio best to see in terms of recovery guidelines or your doctor? So obviously I'm biased. I am a physio. I think we do amazing work when it comes to recovery and return to exercise and really thorough assessment of someone's abdomen muscular skeletal system, pelvic floor dynamics, all of that. So I highly, highly, highly recommend you go and see a physio. Um, absolutely. Roughly around that six week mark, if you can, you will have a doctor's appointment. Often you'll have an obstetric appointment at that six week mark too. And what they're mainly concerned about is, you know, your bleeding, your scar, your wound healing, um, if contraception is a topic that you want to talk about, those sorts of things. Um, my understanding, unless you've got an amazing obstetrician and doctor, is that they probably are not going to have much of a conversation with you around exercise guidelines or physical recovery, abdominal exercises, those sorts of things, unless they're hooked in with a physio or they're just a really well-researched and educated doctor. That's just not really their domain. It's not a bad thing. It's just not their area of expertise. So I would definitely recommend that you book a physio appointment. Um, Amy has said that she's six weeks postpartum. When does the pain or tender feeling on the inside go away? So that's a really interesting question. So what you need to remember with the C-section scar, you've got your external stitches, which are the visible ones. And often they heal, you know, pretty quickly by the six week mark, they should be looking quite fine, but you've still got the internal stitches that need to heal. And often this is kind of that ovary area in your body. So I get a lot of women who might start exercise, they might push themselves a little bit too hard and then they'll start complaining about this. Oh, it feels like my ovaries are sore, you know, like up inside that area. And that's often a sign that maybe your internal stitches are not quite ready for that load and that activity just yet. So yes, at six weeks postpartum, I wouldn't say it's uncommon to feel pain and tenderness in your internal stitches, but I'd be really mindful of how much activity you're doing and what activity might be stirring that up. If you're in pain all the time, I would say that's certainly not normal. I would be speaking to your doctor about that. So hope that helps with that one. Um, then Candace has said, is it dangerous to have four cesareans? So I'm not sure if you heard me speak about it before, but like I said, I'm not an expert in this area. I know women who have had five cesareans with no problem. So I think this is a unique and individual question to speak to your obstetrician about. Um, okay. Okay. Where have we got here? And so this is where it's confusing. I'm just coming back to the driving question. Amy has said, her information sheet said two weeks and then Emma has said you need to be reviewed by a GP before driving. So I don't think there's any consensus 
by the sounds of it on when you can drive. Like I personally know a lot of women who've had C-sections and they've all driven at very different times for very different reasons and under very different guidelines. So it might be best just to speak to your personal birth team. If you feel like you need it in writing, get it in writing. But again, I think the most important thing is that you feel safe. So even if you've been cleared, but you don't feel safe, that's really important to acknowledge um, that it might not be the right time to get in the car for you. And hopefully you just live close enough that you can just... <laughs> <laughs> that you can just walk everywhere because that's fantastic exercise after a cesarean section. Okay, we've got a question coming in from Shanice. What's the best advice for good scar healing four weeks postpartum? Again, I hate saying this because I feel like I'm repeating myself, but everyone is individual. Everyone will scar differently and every surgeon will have a different protocol on scar healing. I'll speak personally for myself. I had stitches, not staples or anything like that. And my scar was steri-stripped, so it had like those little train track bandages on it. And that was to stay on pretty much as long as possible. So I think my steri-strips actually stayed on for about three, maybe even four weeks, which I've spoken to other women and that seems to be quite unusual. Their, their bandages and steri-strips and all of that is off quite soon. So... Um, again, everyone's very unique and individual. My main protocol with my scar is was to keep it dry and clean. So every time I would have a shower, I wouldn't wash it, but I would just make sure that the soapy water I was using in my body would wash down in that area. Um, I wouldn't touch it though. Um, I wouldn't specifically wash over the scar. And then when I hopped out of the shower, I would pat it dry with a towel, just pat, not rub, because I didn't want the strips to come off. And then I would get my blow dryer out and I'd give it a really good blow dry to make sure it was very dry. Then I would put like a little pad on top of it. I always wore my tuby group, so that gave me really good abdominal compression. And then um, that's about it. My first C-section, I had zero problems with my scar. My second C-section, I did have this one moment where I, because I had a toddler and as I tried my very, very, very best to do nothing with him, but anyone with a toddler will know that's not always possible. And I did have this slight freak out moment where I felt like my scar had opened a little bit. And like, I remember crying. I was so upset by this. I felt really vulnerable. I felt like I was going to break in half. Um, it was really yucky to me. Anyway, I called my obstetrician. It was fine. I just had to bandage it back up, be really diligent with resting and it's recovered fine since then. So that's how personally I recovered with my scar. Okay, great question. Kate has asked, is it safe to use a wrap or carrier to have the baby close after a C-section? Yes. So a lot of women ask me this after both vaginal deliveries and C-sections, is it safe to use a carrier? Now, carriers are fantastic. If anyone's used them before, I've used them for both my babies. They're fantastic because babies are really settled in them. Mum has two hands free. It means that you can still be fairly ergonomic. You're not holding a baby awkwardly in one hand and straining your neck and your shoulders just on one side. Um, and I think the main thing is just that your hands free. So you can, you know, go to the toilet, cook dinner, make yourself a coffee, go for a walk, these sorts of things. Um, especially in the early days, if you had children like mine, <laughs> didn't always sleep in the pram, didn't always sleep in the car, didn't always sleep in their bassinet. They love to sleep on mum. So it's a really, really wonderful option for women to use. But obviously we need to factor in healing and recovery after birth. So yes, I'm a huge fan of wraps. 
I wouldn't start using a wrap though for at least probably the first week or two if you can avoid it purely because I just think there's this magic two-week window in those first two weeks after birth where your main, main, main focus should be rest. And when I say rest, I mean horizontal rest, lying on your side, getting everybody else to do as much as possible for you to really, really, really allow your body to recover well. Obviously, like I may have used the wrap before then for short periods of time. I can't remember exactly. I'd have to go back through my camera roll and see if I took a photo. But I really think honoring that first two weeks of really hardcore rest is important. And then after that, provided that you feel comfortable, pain-free, everything's healing as it should be, then yeah, go for the wrap. Now, when it comes to the wrap though, you need to be sensible. This is vaginal delivery or cesarean section. So I wouldn't be wearing your baby all day long in the wrap purely because your baby's going to weigh minimum probably three kilos. That's a lot of weight to be holding all day long for your abdominal muscles and for your lower back. And I think that that's going to set you up to predispose you potentially to some injuries or if not just aches and pains. So I think you need to have a little bit of a rest from the wrap as well. Now that rest for some women may look like just sitting down with the wrap on rather than standing up. So it's like you're cuddling your baby, but you can still be hands-free. So that might be an option for you if your baby's really unsettled and you feel like you need to have that wrap on. Otherwise, just trying to alternate. So, you know, you may, might be putting baby in the bassinet or in the pram, and maybe they will only sleep for a shorter amount of time, but at least that's 30 minutes or 45 minutes for you of being able to rest, lie down, sit down, or just to not have that extra weight on you. And then you'll find as you get stronger, you'll be able to wear them for that little bit longer as well. Um, listen to your body. You'll know. I would have days where sometimes I wear the wrap and I would go, you know what? My back is really starting to hurt. I need to not wear this wrap for the rest of the day. So again, it always comes back to tuning in with your body. How are you feeling? Really listen to your abdominal muscles. Listen to your back. What is your body trying to tell you about this activity right now? And go from there. And obviously make sure the wrap is wrapped up properly, super tight, ergonomic, structural, you know, taking all the weight properly because a poorly wrapped wrap um, is, is no good. Okay. Summer has just asked about Kegel exercises after a C-section. I'm not going to re-answer that one, Summer, only because I have answered already, but go back and have a listen to this at the end. Um, short answer, absolutely, you need to do your Kegel exercises. Um, if you've got any more questions, send them through now, guys. Otherwise, we are going to wrap up soon because it's been about half an hour. But keep in mind, I am going to strip the audio from this podcast and pop it up from this live, sorry. It is far too late at night for my brain to clearly work properly, but um, I will strip the audio and I'm going to put this up as a bonus episode on the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. So if you wanted to go back and listen to anything, if you missed the start or whatnot, um, I'll put this up this Thursday um, on the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. You can go check it out and you can listen to this all again. Um, beautiful. And Brittany's just said that Love this. I had an unexpected C-section. I had no idea about recovery. And you know what? Like, I'm so happy I can be that, you know, knowledge base for you, Brittany. But I'm so sad at the same time because you're not the only one. And so many women out there are having major, major abdominal surgeries and then just left completely unaware of how to move their body, what's safe for their body. And so I find that women either go one of two ways is that they don't do anything because they're so anxious about, you know, not healing properly or doing major internal damage or 
you know, just really um, not having good scar recovery or they go the complete opposite way. Like I was saying before, and you get to that two or three week mark and you go, oh, I feel fantastic now. I'm going to do everything. And then you push it way too far because you have no idea about the limits and the safety and what safe return to activity and exercise might look like, or you're really understanding what your body's just been through and then really respecting and honoring that. And then they go too far and it's really hard to toe that middle line in the middle. Um, and yes, there's very much a gap for cesarean section knowledge in general, but particularly recovery after a C-section is, is very, very poor. So I'm going to give you 30 more seconds to throw out any last questions you have guys. Otherwise we'll wrap this up. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who has joined me. If you didn't get your question answered or if you want to learn a little bit more about this topic, like I said earlier, I've done five episodes on this topic on the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. So go and check that out. We've done physical recovery, mental and emotional processing. We have done my first two birth stories. We have done a Q&A similar to tonight, but I spoke about other things as well, like the C-section shelf that some women mention. I spoke about recovery after a toddler and specifically the ergonomics that you can play around with to help your recovery. I spoke about age gaps. I spoke about V-backs. I spoke about all sorts of things. So um, I hope you got a lot out of it. I will put this as a bonus episode on the podcast for anyone who missed the start or whatnot. But otherwise, I think we have answered most things. I am going to love you and leave you, everyone. Thank you so much for joining and touch wood, my kids didn't wake up this whole time. What a miracle. <laughs> so have a wonderful night, everyone, and I will catch you soon. Bye. Hey, mamas, Laura here, and I really hope you enjoyed today's bonus episode and that it answered any remaining questions that you might have had around C-section birth. Remember to go back and listen to the first five episodes in this C-section birth series as chances are I have answered your questions somewhere along the line in this series. Now, I am a pretty open book and I do love helping women, so please do head over to my socials at PhysioLaura if you have any follow-up questions or if you want to chat with me. I always love to hear your feedback. And if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with PhysioLaura podcast so you don't miss any of the amazing upcoming podcast series we have planned. And don't forget to check out my online membership program, The Pregnancy Posse, if you'd like more support and guidance through your pregnancy. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and managing pelvic pain, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. Now, I'd love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal journey, so just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. I will catch you soon for our next amazing podcast series, and until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.